Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians 2, 16-23, called Freedom in Christ. We're going to talk about the freedom that Jesus Christ purchased for us. We begin at verse 16 of Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verse 16 says, Therefore, let no one act as your judge in regard to three things in verse 16. Food or drink, Colossians 2.16, or in respect to a festival, that's number two, or number three, a new moon or a Sabbath day. Actually, technically, there's four things there because a new moon is different from a Sabbath day. Therefore is always a connecting word, and it takes us back in the context specifically to the previous section, which we dealt with last week, but I just want to point out verse 15. It says that Jesus Christ uh, has disarmed... The rulers and authorities, see that word disarmed? That's, that's a word that should jump out to us because it's a word that means to take a weapon away from somebody. If you disarm somebody, let's say a perpetrator was going into a, uh, a store and you noticed that they had a firearm and they, they had bad intentions. And let's say that you had some training and you were able to deal with that person and disarm them. You took their weapon away. That's the idea of what Jesus Christ did at the cross. He nailed the handwriting, verse uh, 14. He canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us. He has taken it out of the way. He has nailed it to the cross, and he disarmed rulers and authorities. And the main ruler and authority that's been disarmed or defanged is Satan himself. He has no weapon against you any longer. He can make no accusation towards the Christian that can stand because if you are in Christ, every sin that you've ever committed has been erased from the chalkboard by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Lucifer or Satan is disarmed. Jesus disarmed him. How? At the cross. Take a look at Isaiah 54 for a second. Isaiah 54, the grand book of Isaiah, with so many types and shadows of the coming Messiah, uh, he's dealing here with this uh, idea of a weapon. Isaiah 54, the very last verse of the chapter, verse 17, a familiar verse, but let's take a look at it. 54, 17 of Isaiah says, No weapon that is formed against you shall what? Shall prosper. Now notice the context. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Now certainly this verse has had some practical application where I've heard some stories of people who, you know, others tried to kill them and the the weapon did not prosper. And it could have that kind of... uh, Context, But here, it's specifically speaking about tongues, verse 17, who want to speak judgment over the people of God. Notice, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that accuses you in judgment, very apropos to our text, as we'll see in a moment, you will condemn. 
And then in chapter 55, we have this great invitation. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, 55.1, come to the waters. You who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? For what is not bread? Your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies uh, shown to David. Skip down to verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. If you go back to Colossians chapter 2. There's a story about Harry Houdini, the famous escape artist, magician. And Harry Houdini was uh, famed for going into towns, and he said that he could escape any jail cell, anyone. So he'd go into a town, and there was this kind of this challenge, and he said he could get out of any prison situation in short order. And he always kept his promise, but one time something went wrong. Houdini entered the jail in his street clothes. The heavy metal doors clanged shut behind him. He took from his belt a concealed piece of metal, strong and flexible, and he set to work immediately. But something seemed to be unusual about this lock. For 30 minutes, he worked and got nowhere. An hour passed, and still he had not opened the door. By now, he was bathed in sweat, panting in exasperation, but still he could not pick the lock. Finally, after laboring for two hours, Harry Houdini collapsed in frustration and failure against the door he could not unlock. But when he fell against the door, it swung open. You see, the door had never been locked at all. But in his mind, it was locked. And that was all it took to keep him from opening the the door and walking out of the jail cell. You've all seen the movies where, you know, People jump into a car. They're trying to escape some sort of danger. They're going to hotwire the car, and then the keys, you know, in the visor up in front of them. <laughs> hey, the key's right here. Oh, oh. So you and I have the door that's been unlocked for us. But you got to walk out. You don't want to walk back into prison cells as a Christian. And here's what verse 16 of Colossians 2 is saying. It says, therefore... Let no one, don't let anyone, Colossians 2.16, act as your judge. You have one judge. His name is Jesus. Now, it is true that Christians are to make a righteous judgment. We're told uh, in the scriptures that we're not to judge by a double standard. We're not to judge hypocritically. We're to make a righteous judgment. But apparently what was happening in Colossae is that people, these false teachers, were... uh, pronouncing God's judgment on the people of the church. And they were adding things to the gospel. They were saying, you have to still do this. You think Christ is enough? Oh, no, no, no. You don't have the secret knowledge, man. I really have the key. No, Jesus has the key to death and Hades, right? He has the keys. But these false teachers were saying, no, there's an extra key here. Maybe there's two or three or four. You've got to do this and do that to be saved. And they were condemning The Christians there in Colossae, and people were feeling the pressure. They were condemning them about food and drink, verse 16, about festivals, about a new moon and a Sabbath day. 
This has been typical over the ages, and we've told you as we introduced the book that Colossians seems to be a strange mix of Greek uh, mysticism and philosophy mixed with Jewish legalism. And if you look at verse 16, these particular uh, things have a very Jewish ring to them. Food and drink, although in the pagan world there were those who said you couldn't eat meat or drink wine, that would somehow condemn you. But uh, here it seems to have a Jewish feel. In respect to a festival, if you look at Leviticus 23, just write it down for your notes, Leviticus 23, the festivals of the Lord are laid out there. And as they're laid out, they are foreshadowing of Jesus. The spring festivals specifically of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, uh, the Feast of First Fruits, all have been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Those festivals are fulfilled. I do not think that Paul is saying that you can't celebrate Passover. I think what he's saying is, don't think that if you don't celebrate Passover, you're condemned. Jesus is the fulfillment of the festivals. In fact, when he was 12 years old and his family went to Jerusalem, recorded in the book of Luke, the only record we have of him really as a young man before his earthly ministry, we have the, the infant stories, and then we have when he's 12 years old. And he went to the Passover with his family. And interestingly enough, he got to see what the children of Israel did there in Jerusalem as the faithful Jews would come down for Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And he got to watch his own dress rehearsal. In fact, the Hebrew language says the festivals were actually dress rehearsals for the coming reality. Jesus Christ is the Passover lamb. And when Passover was celebrated for some 1,500 years by the Jews before Jesus came on the scene, it was a dress rehearsal for the lamb of God who, who would ultimately, with one sacrifice for all time, take away the sins of the world. Amen? So these things were all dress rehearsals. Now the reality has come in Jesus Christ. Food or drink could specifically speak to that which is kosher or things that may be unclean. A festival speaks of the Feast of Israel. There's actually seven feasts that all point to the Messiah. I believe the spring feasts have been fulfilled. The fall feasts are yet to be fulfilled. A new moon was every month. There was a new moon celebration. The book of Numbers says every month. So you have an annual festival, verse 16. You have monthly festivals. Uh, Festivals or honorings where sacrifices were made. The festival is annual. The new moon is monthly. The Sabbath day was weekly. This was in the normal activity of the Jewish people. You'll find people calling, call in Bible programs all the time. And they're saying, why is it that we don't keep the Sabbath day as the Christian church? Why is it that we feel like we can extricate that command from the 10 top big ones? <laughs> Keep holy the Sabbath day. Isn't that a command still to apply to Christians today? And my answer is no. Because the Sabbath has been fulfilled in Christ. Now, there is no problem if you want to worship on Saturday. And there's no problem if you want to worship on Sunday. The early church began to call Sunday the Lord's day. By the way, Sunday is the Lord's day. It's not your day. It's his day. Amen? I think America might want to take another look at the idea of the Lord's Day because we keep thinking it's our day. No, it's the Lord's Day. And we should be in church unless you're sick, on vacation, an occasional hooky is okay to go to the beach. 
because we're not under the law, we're under grace. But you and I need to make a decision that we're going to honor the Lord who purchased our freedom on Sunday. You can give him an hour and a half every week. It's all right. But he, should, he deserves much more than that. Amen? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, I'm Rob, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and I'd like to remind you that this is a listener-supported ministry. Now, if you're a first-time listener, please bear with me. We'll get back to Pastor Michael Lance's message in just a moment. But if you've been listening for a long time, and this ministry has helped you in your walk with the Lord, help equip you to apply God's Word to today's issues, trends, and culture, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner, thinking about the end of the year, the end of the year giving, Sometimes people like to give donations to nonprofit organizations who give food or churches who are doing something for the community. It's the same way for this ministry. If it has blessed you, please consider helping us stay on this radio station or stay on your phone as a podcast. We're just asking for the amount of the price of a cup of coffee or maybe a little bit more expensive cup of coffee. We're hoping that you can consider becoming a monthly partner of $5 or $10 a month. If you can do that, if you can commit to help us with that and helping this ministry grow. We'd love to be on more radio stations. Please visit walkintruth.com today and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. It's his day. Amen. I think America might want to take another look at the idea of the Lord's Day because we keep thinking it's our day. No, it's the Lord's Day. And we should be in church unless you're sick, on vacation, an occasional hooky is okay to go to the beach because we're not under the law, we're under grace. But you and I need to make a decision that we're going to honor the Lord who purchased our freedom on Sunday. You can give him an hour and a half every week. It's all right. But he, should, he deserves much more than that. Amen? But we're not to judge each other. You know, if someone misses church and we, we do this kind of thing, boy, we really missed you, brother. <laughs> that has layers, you know. That means where were you? What were you doing? Do you need to repent of anything? It's a searching question. We might want to start responding, did you really miss me? (laughs) (laughs) And so in Colossae, what was happening is there was all kinds of judgment coming down. There's some cults, by the way, uh, we'll tackle Scientology a week from today. In Scientology, they actually write up reports on one another. They have to turn each other in. In Jehovah's Witnesses, they do the same thing. They, they actually submit written reports. If they saw a brother or sister, for example, smoking a cigarette. Or in Scientology, from the weird mind of L. Ron Hubbard, he has, he and he's gone now. 
He, has, he had family members who would write each other up because if they didn't write each other up, they would be uh, in trouble themselves with the organization. So it's a weird, strange thing. But in Colossae, this is what was happening. There was a war, and the war was for freedom. In verse 8, as we looked at last week, Paul says, See to it that no one, Colossians 2.8, takes you captive through philosophy. An empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We are free in Christ, free. We don't have to be under the bondage of somebody else's legalism. In Galatians 5, if you flip over to Galatians, just a few pages backwards. Galatians 5, look at verse 1. This same idea was happening to the Galatians by the Judaizers. They were trying to force all the Jewish laws on these believers. Galatians 5.1 says these words. It was for freedom or liberty that Christ set us free, Galatians 5.1. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, if they pressure you into this saying to you, you've got to do this outward sign to be saved, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Galatians 5.3. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to what? To keep the whole law. If you think that you are going to be saved by some outward ceremony that you do, and you want to go back to that law, 613 commandments and subcommandments, by the way, in the Jewish law, let me say that one more time, 613 commandments and subcommandments. And James says in the book of James, if you fell in one part of the law, you're guilty of all of it. Good luck. Ratzarak. <laughs> right? How about in Jesus, I am free. Now, Romans 14. Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. I didn't know you were going to clap there, but that's <laughs> clapping for Jesus is cool. In Romans 14, Paul lays out the things that are debatable. We're not talking about essential doctrine here. We're talking about debatable matters, days of worship, diet, food choices. These are things that we stand or fall before our master. We have one master. And so we got to make sure that we don't try to put a trip on people that Jesus uh, certainly is not demanding of them. Here's an example. In the book of Mark, as we studied the book of Mark, go to Mark 7, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's a familiar passage, but it deserves our attention again because it specifically addresses these matters as Jesus is, has another interchange with the Pharisees. It says, then, Mark 7, 5, the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, Mark 7, 5, but eat their bread with impure hands? And Jesus said to them, Mark 7, 6, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. Don't you love how politically correct Jesus was? As it is written, these people, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. It's possible to mouth words. It's possible to go through ceremonies. It's possible to have the right diet, the right clothing, the right days of worship, and to have your heart be miles and miles away from Christ. 
You can put on a religious show and fool most of the people most of the time. But Christ knows your heart. And here's his point. He says, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. He was also saying to them, you nicely set aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. Skip down to verse 14. And after he called the multitude to him again, he began saying to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside the man which going into him can defile him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. Specifically, he's speaking about diet here. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And when leaving the multitude, he had entered the house, and his, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him, because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he was saying to them, or he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. But to eat with unwashed hands doesn't defile a man. And so let's go back to Colossians 2. This is really what was at the heart. And there are uh, commentators who believe that Paul is really putting feet to Jesus' sermon in Mark 7 as he deals with these matters. He says in Colossians 2, verse 17, these things, which specifically in context are mentioned in verse 16, the festivals, the food, etc. Colossians 2, 17, these things, these Things which are a mere shadow, verse 17, of what is to come, but the substance or the reality belongs to Christ. See the word shadow there? It's a Greek word called skia. It's S-K-I-A, transliterated into English. It's an image cast by an object representing the form of that object. If you're ever outside and you see your shadow... The shadow is an outline of your figure. It is actually representing you, but it is not a perfect representation of you. Amen? Your shadow, you, you can look at your shadow and it will reflect kind of the outline of you, but it doesn't give the full substance of who you are. The festivals, the foods, the days of worship cast a shadow of Christ, but the substance was not fully seen in the festivals. The substance is found in Christ. You've been listening to Freedom in Christ, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. If you'd like to watch recent messages or church services with Pastor Michael and the Living Truth Congregation, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find the channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, you may be asking the question, does it really matter what I eat as a believer? And Jesus put it this way very clearly. It's not what goes into a man that defiles a man. It's what comes out of a man. 
because what comes out is from the heart. And the issue is the heart. And I hope you can see that in Colossians 2, 16 through 23. It's not severe treatment of the body. It's not about days of worship or diet. And, you know, uh, of course, what you eat does matter in terms of your health. So you have, you have to think about that. And if you're going to eat something unhealthy, it should be Italian, I would think. But on a serious note, what really matters is what's happened in your heart. If you're born again of the Holy Spirit, spiritual fruit is going to come out of your life. And it's not going to be about you know, abuse of the body or I can't do this or I can't do that. It's going to be that you desire to do the right thing because it is from your heart. That's what God wants. That's what we want in any relationship is love from the heart. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and you are listening to Walk in Truth, and we're excited that you're aboard in this incredible study in Colossians. Hey, I'd like to invite you to our midweek service. It's at Wednesday at 7 p.m. at 1009 Arsenal Way at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. And we're going through some of the minor prophets right now, going through the book of Malachi, an amazing little book that is uh, profound and definitely worthy of our study. That midweek service is at 7 p.m. It does live stream if you're out of the area. And we are located at 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. Hey, you can call 844-48-TRUTH for details on that service. 844-48-TRUTH or always go to walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael. And Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow for Freedom in Christ. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Colossians 2, 16 through 23, called Freedom in Christ. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.